come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. My name is is Matt. And my name is Matt. What? No. No. I did that wrong, didn't I? Y- yes. Really? My name is Kimbra. <laughs> you okay over there? Yeah. Okay. Are we still going to Best Buy to buy our kayak? <laughs> Only if we turn left in the right lane. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all inside jokes. But basically, Kimbra keeps calling... Dick's Sporting Goods, Best Buy. Uh, we we got our kayaks. I think I don't know if we mentioned that we actually picked them up. So our our Christmas presents they're sitting um, on our porch. So well, our not our porch. What would you call pa- that? I'd call it a screened-in patio. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. How's everybody doing out there? I know you can't actually answer me, and I they can, can hear answer. It. You just can't hear it. Well, that, right. That's what I said. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, everybody's doing great, having a good week. And staying safe, staying healthy. Please be careful out there. You know, things are going a little crazy. So please be take care of yourself. Take care of other people. Uh, so let's see. Anything we want to talk about before we get into our emails? Because we got some emails from folks. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you can think of? Do we have anything exciting happening in our lives right now? Not particularly. I mean, we were out today... Looking for kayak accessories. <laughs> yeah, we so, we went with, to... And we got some tea. Every kayak store on earth. Or at least everyone it, in St. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> for, for some reason, there's a lot of kayak stores in St. Pete, but pretty much none in Tampa or very few in Tampa, other than like the big box stores, which, yeah. which actually is where we were buying everything, it seems, because they're a lot cheaper. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. So and tea, like you said, we got some loose leaf tea. Since Tivana has gone, we've been looking for a good place to get some loose leaf, loose leaf tea. And I got some. What is it called? It's called s'mores. S- smoked s'mores. Yeah. One of my favorite teas, if you're a tea fan out there, is called Lapsang Suchong, and it is a smoked tea. So it's it's got like a smoky flavor to it. It tastes like a campfire. It's literally smoked, like the. Tea is smoked. I mean, you don't smoke the tea. You drink the tea. You steep the tea. Then you drink the tea. But it tastes like smoke. So it's it's one of those things that people either like, oh, yeah. Or they're like, uh, why? So I'm one of the oh, yeah type people. Anyway, this one is, is it has Lapsang Suchong. I saw it and it said campfire s'mores. And I was like, I wonder. And sure enough, it's got, got good old Lapsang Suchong in it. And uh, also marshmallows and I don't know what else. I, I tried a version of it there, but it was like a specialty drink. So it had whipped cream and chocolate and all kinds of milk, all kinds of stuff to make it. Graham cracker. Graham cracker crumbles on the top. Yeah. Was, I won't be drinking it like that most of the time. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. We're, here's something. We are both about to start dieting hardcore. 
Yes, like tomorrow we're going to the grocery store and buying salad. We're going to eat salad and PB&J all week. I don't know what we're having for breakfast. No, we still got to figure that out. But um, if you have any like quick on the go, healthy breakfast suggestions, let us know. Because everything we've tried doesn't work. I mean, I'm good with cereal. Yeah, but cereal's not. Cereal's all right. If you get the right kind. It's not fast. It's pretty fast. I can eat a bowl of cereal faster than it takes us to go through a Dunkin' Donuts line in the morning in the drive-thru. What's a healthy cereal that I could eat? I don't know any of those branny, oaty ones with, you know, without all the extra sugar. But it's but, got milk in it. Yes, it has to have milk in it. It doesn't have to, but if you do it right, it has to. Anyway, yeah. why are we talking about cereal? <laughs> so we're going to be dieting, and, and we may talk about that more. I don't know, just to, for, for no other reason than to, to keep us doing it so that we have some accountability but uh yeah and um i think that's it i think that's about all we got going on in our in our personal lives at the, at the moment the lizard's been eating our yes our, our lizard has been eating well or she's starting to eat well so she's doing good we got her set up pretty well for now so that's all i got okay all right so on to emails then and uh <laughs> The first email comes from Mary Miller. Thank you, Mary, for sending another email. And this one was actually in response to us talking about possibly going to Crystal River, which would be extra cool now with kayaks because we could go out there on kayaks when we're not snorkeling or maybe even snorkel off of the kayaks. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. But anyway, you want to read this one? Are sure. You me- okay. Um, Mary says... If you go to Crystal River, you need to check out the Coastal Heritage Museum and have lunch at the Tea House 650. When I was there in September visiting my mom, we went to these places. It was much fun, and the food was really good, and the Tea House. At the Tea House, Oh, yeah. at the Tea House. Glad you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, so thank you, Mary. We will check that out. Um, I've been to Crystal River quite a few times. I've never been to... The Coastal Heritage Museum or the Tea House 650. I don't know if that's part of that museum, maybe. It's like a tea house in the museum or a separate facility, but we will look into that and find out. I've never been up there. I do like the tea. You have been through there. I've been through there, but I haven't stopped there. That's true. The closest I've been to there is Wikiwachi. No, we went to Rainbow River. And yeah, but we, we just drove through Rainbow Well, River yeah. We, well, there. we stopped and ate, actually. We stopped at that oh, at barbecue that, place, remember? Well, we thought it was barbecue, but it wasn't actually <laughs> that's, barbecue. That's another story, yes. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, Crystal River, we're going to keep looking into that. Possibly January or February. We shall see how the world looks at that time. And then we got a, an email from somebody new, Quincy. Thank you, Quincy, for the email. It says, hey, Matt and Kimbra, I've never cruised before. But in your Virgin Voyages video, I'm assuming you mean podcast uh, or episode, you talked about how the Carnival Vista showroom was one of the worst features of the ship because of the moving furniture. And I was hoping you could expand on that statement. Well, first of all, Quincy, let me say it is always exciting when we find out that we have listeners who have never cruised before, because um, I feel like this podcast is for everyone who cruises. But I think it can be especially helpful for those of you who have never cruised. Some some of our episodes in particular 
are really catered for people who have little experience cruising or no experience cruising to hopefully kind of enlighten them. In fact, today's main topic is kind of going to be all about that. And it'll be a laugh for those of us that have cruised and it'll be informative for those of us who have not. But um, to elaborate on the point about the Vista's showroom, the, the main uh, stage area, their, their, uh, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but so here's the problem. Uh, the way these areas work is typically you have a slightly angled floor with chairs that are affixed to it, like, like a typical theater. And then there's usually an upstairs area. I'm sure there's a fancier theater term for that with fixed seating up there. So what they did on the Vista class ships that they thought they were being clever is they, they got rid of that slanted floor. They made it a flat floor. They put in chairs and tables that could be moved. And um, they still has an up, upstairs area. I'll talk about that in a moment. But the problem is by doing that, they have made it feel much less like a theater um, it's flat. So your view's not as good. The seats just don't make sense as much. It's just really changes the whole atmosphere and mood and visuals and everything of it. Now, why did they do that? They did it because they thought, well, we can make this multi-purpose. We can turn it into a nightclub. We can do all these things by moving the furniture and then having this open space. Well, you need the main theater. I mean, that's one of the staples of the cruise ship is the main theater. Without that, it's just not quite the same experience. And although they have the main theater, um, having that flat floor and the and the different type of furniture in there, instead of your typical sort of theater seating, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't work as well. It's okay, but almost everybody that experiences it is like, eh, th- this is not a good This was not a good choice. Now, the problem with the upstairs in the Vista Theater is, uh, and if you watch, I've got a video over on Fantastic Studios where I did a a ship tour of the Carnival Vista several years ago, and I think I highlight this in the video. There are a lot of areas upstairs where your view is very, very, very blocked by um, posts and and that sort of thing. So um, just not great thinking and planning when it came to the theater in the Carnival Vista and the Vista series of ships, which is also, you know, the other two Vista class ships. So that is, that is what we were talking about. Um, it's not that you would go and not be willing to go to the shows. It's not going to ruin your cruise. It's still a great class of ship, but, um, yeah, I just, I feel like they really, that was a big error on their part. And I think they probably realized that I don't think they'll do that again. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I can't imagine that because that is that is a common and consistent complaint that I hear about the Vista class ships over and over again. That and the fact that they don't have a huge atrium and it kind of makes the ship feel less grand when you enter it. Those are the two complaints I hear about the Carnival Vista. I mean, the two main ones that I hear about the Carnival Vista. So there you go. And it says also, by the way, your food podcast, talking about your 10 favorite meals on a ship is quite the experience while you're hungry and at work. Ha <laughs> ha. It was my far, uh, by far one of my favorite podcasts because it was the best and worst form of torture because you could, you could just imagine what all that food tastes like. I, <laughs> I feel your pain. Yes. I know. Even even recording that podcast episode, 
um, had a little bit of torture element to it because, yeah, you you don't have access to it and uh, it just makes you hungry. Uh, for some chocolate melting cake. Yep. Some, some creme brulee. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there you go. All right. Now, we also did a survey. I guess we should bring this up because we, we sort of released the podcast last week late and uh, it was almost an afterthought. We weren't going to do it. And then we decided, no, we should do it. And um, so we just did a, a short, shorter podcast than we normally do. Didn't even have a cruise creature in it. Uh, we released it a day late in it and it like the downloads really took off faster than they normally do. And actually, I think that episode got more downloads than a normal episode, which is really weird to me. But um, yeah, so we put out a poll and we were like, hey, um, do you guys want us to release the episode on Monday? And overwhelmingly, you said yes. We do have uh, a few of you and two two of them at least being very, very loyal listeners who are like, I listened to your podcast on Sunday. Don't change it. Um, they weren't really threatening, but, you know, we feel like. We feel like we want to make sure they're happy. So for right now, we are going to keep releasing the podcast on Sunday morning. That is the plan, at least on the norm. We will release it on Sunday morning. However, we may restructure that in the future, or we may just try and get ahead of the game and record the podcast and get it a week ahead. Because the problem is um, we record the podcast usually a day or two before it is released, and that is great, and, and I feel like there's some real benefits and advantages to that, but there's also a problem, which is, you know, sometimes real life happens, and then you run out of time. So, um, so yeah, so we're, we're sorting through that. But anyway, thank you guys for who uh, participated in the poll. It's over on the Fantastic Cruising Community over on Facebook. All right, I think that's it. That was a lot of stuff. That was more than I thought because I didn't think we had anything except for the emails and then we had stuff and things. I don't know that it really related to <laughs> cruising most of it, but, you know, there you go. That's that's what's new in the world of Kimbra and Matt. And Matt and Kimbra. Or Matt and Kimbra. Nah, oh. you were right the first time. <laughs> All right, so what, what are we doing in this episode? Um, I was looking for a topic for last week, actually. And uh, I was searching, you know, just kind of searching the internet. Just like, what could we talk about? What's a good, what's a good topic? And um, we've gotten some great ideas, by the way. Thank you for those emails. And uh, we are considering some of those for future episodes. So if you do have ideas, topics you'd like us to cover, send us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. It is very helpful to get those. But for this one, I came across an article uh, and and it and I thought it was kind of a fun article to pick apart and maybe rant about a little bit. It, it's basically it's called "What Cruise Ships Are Really Like from the Passenger's Point of View," and this this is from a website called Parent Influence. Um, words matter. Choose them wisely. Now, I believe this article came out around 2017, but basically what it's doing, as you will see, is it's kind of painting cruising as everybody thinks it's this, but it's really that. And uh, so what we wanted to do is kind of go through this article and there are some photographs in it. So we'll try and describe those images to you <laughs> as much as we can. And uh, and sort of say is, are these things that, that are in this article fair or are they ridiculous so that's our topic that we're going to cover all right what do you think 
I think let's jump in. Okay. So it says, uh, the uh, again, the article, which is by Adriana Matthews, what cruise ships are really like from the passenger's point of view. And it starts off saying, going on a cruise sounds like an ideal vacation for a romantic getaway or some quality time with the family. Between the luxurious pools and facilities, the varied activities, the breathtaking views, the tours and the beaches, the attractions are endless, which makes it a trip anyone can enjoy. Of course, this is what we expect, but sometimes reality doesn't meet our expectations. From weird moments to funny encounters, these photos are here to show us the uh, another side of cruise ships from a humorous point of view. So perhaps Adriana was being a little tongue-in-cheek with these, so... All right. You want to read the first uh, first one there? Sure. So the first one is boarding the ship. Expectations. Mm. Hollywood movies always make everything look so glamorous, including the most unglamorous of events, like boarding a plane or a ship. They cut out the part where we have to wait in endlessly long lines, go through infinite checking points, and then wait another couple of hours for the boarding to begin. They make it look so easy on TV. So the, the first picture, of course, is, is just this lady who's standing in front of Harmony of the Seas out on a uh, port. This is definitely a port stop that the ship is on during a cruise. And then um, and then what 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 is what is go ahead and read the rest of that. Oh. Uh, um, so we prepare for the big day. We pack our best clothes and we head out early because we just can't wait to start our vacation. On our way there, we already plan the picture we are going to take in front of the ship. If it's not on Instagram, did did it even happen? <laughs> I mean, I don't use Instagram, so. I mean, I, we have an Instagram account. But That's we don't, true. We're not very good. We put it on Facebook, it. though, so yeah. we're old school. There you go. We're old. Um, and we're excited. And there. And we're excited about the smallest things until we get to the ship. Oh, boarding the ship, reality. Boarding the cruise ship isn't necessarily as glamorous as it looks on TV. To be honest, nothing is ever as exciting as it seems on TV. The boarding might take place under a bright sunny sky, but then it's important to carry sunscreen in your purse because it might be a while. You better hope it would be you better hope it would be outside in the heat because sometimes boarding takes place inside a terminal. And it shows a picture of a bunch of people standing in line in a terminal with all their their luggage waiting to go through, I guess, security. Or, or something. I'm not even sure this is... I don't even think that's for cruising. No, it doesn't It doesn't look like it's a cruise ship terminal. It could be. It could be, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Uh, boarding the ship isn't what we imagine it would be, because in our imagination, we would never consider all the other passengers. Luxurious cruise ships can often host hundreds of people, which means long lines. Don't forget to pack a lot of patience. So what do you think of this? Is this, is this a fair assessment? Um, maybe depending on what time you get there, but I've never really experienced super long wait times. Like the longest I've ever waited was our cruise back in February. And that's because we got there before boarding even started. Um, in the past, I've had like midday boarding, like between like 12 and one. And I've had to wait in a slight line, but I mean, small and it was moving for them to like check all my passport stuff and then the security thing and then get in line to get my card and then I just walk right on the ship. So I wouldn't say this is totally accurate. No, I mean I don't think anybody's really not thinking about all the other passengers. If 
you do not think of them, then you're probably in, in a little bit in la-la land. Um, it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is one of the most stressful times of the cruise, but it's not It's not that bad. Uh, I've had to wait maybe an hour or two for cruises before, but it's always been, majority of it has always been inside of an air-conditioned port with a comfortable seat. So it's not, you know, it's, yeah, it's like you're anxious to get on the ship, but not that big of a deal. And honestly, if you don't want to wait in those lines, like Kimber said, you just show up a little later. If you don't have to be the first person on the ship, just show up a little later. You're going to walk right on. It's, it's probably not going to be an issue at all. So I think this one is, um, I think this one is overblown. I, I, I think if you really think you're going to be the only person walking on the ship, yeah, but nobody's, nobody thinks that. Come on. All right, let's move on to the next one. So, sorry, we need to take a quick restroom break for the dog. Oh, Because right. although we went right before we started. I think the podcast makes the dog have to pee. It must. All right, I'm going to pause it. All right, well, we are back, and uh, the dog is whatever the dog needed. So, um, anyway, next on the list is the poolside expectations. you want to read that one? Sure. Ah, the pool. The best part about cruise ships. You can probably imagine yourself lying by the poolside, peacefully reading a book, and enjoying the calming sound of the waves and the gentle wind blowing in your hair. Sounds like a perfect place. Oh, sounds like a perfect picture, right? That's how they sell this experience. But unfortunately, peaceful is the last word you could use to describe it. You know, it's got a very serene, very empty looking pool deck here on a very large ship. This has to be one of the uh, Royal Caribbean Oasis ships. And um, and then it's, it goes on to say... Yeah. Naturally, you aren't the only one who wants to spend a quiet day by the pool, but so does every other passenger. Since you all share the same ship and the same pool, it means the common areas are usually packed with people. If you're wondering what packed means, take a look at the next picture. And of course, that is a that is one of the most packed <laughs> cruise ship. It's a smaller ship and there's people playing volleyball with the crew so it's got to be some like huge event that's going on there's a girl with a mermaid tail so there is so there is so this is like this is not the average time at the pool yes it does get crowded but this picture was taken at an extremely busy time on this ship and it yeah it looks totally packed and it says the poolside reality the pool on a cruise like other facilities, depends a lot on the ship. It can be spectacular and exceed our expectations, and it can be rather small and unimpressive. A real problem, as it turns out, isn't with the pool, but with the other passengers on the ship. We expect to have the pool all to ourselves, but that's the first mistake. The sooner you realize you share the ship with other people, the better. Who knows, you might even make new friends if you give them a chance. Okay, so they're trying to put a positive spin on it, I guess. Did you think... All of those people from the boarding line would magically disappear the next day. They all want to enjoy the best attraction any ship has to offer, the pools. Is that the best? Hmm. Anyway, and more often than not, these pools aren't really designed for hundreds of people. Just like you, they want to catch some sun, get their tan on, and take a refreshing swim in the pool. Uh, what do you think of this one? Um, I think this is a little, a little bit of a stretch. Um, yes, I do think that the main pool, um, 
is typically more packed than I would like to be around um, and typically with children. However, <laughs> that depends on the on the cruise time of year, all that. Well, yes. However, there are, depending on the ship, usually more than one pool. Sometimes there's more than one pool. Yes. That's true. Um, there is typically an adult-only area, which is not usually as packed as the main pool area. Also true. Um, and personally for me, the main attraction is the water on the outside of the ship, not the water inside of the ship. Yeah, I can go to a pool at our apartment. Like, I don't, and I don't, because I don't really care about a small rectangle of water that's like six feet deep. That doesn't really do much for me. So um, I know people like the pool and they like to go out there and sit, but I think a lot of people enjoy the busyness of the pool, the 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 music and the the party. There, yeah, there's atmosphere. always something going on. Yeah, they have like the different contests and stuff. I think I think a lot of people really enjoy that. And uh, I don't know who this woman is that she thinks that people don't expect other people to be on the cruise. I don't know anybody who has that expectation. But to me, that's just the silliest thing of this article so far. Uh, like Kimbra, the pool is definitely not the highlight of the cruise ship. In fact. I would very happily sail on a cruise ship that didn't have a pool. <laughs> I don't even get in the pool on most cruises. So you got on the pool on the last cruise. I did, but I, I mean, I don't always, and I don't miss it yeah. when I don't. I mean, I wouldn't have missed it if we didn't because we only got in the pool once, right? Uh, yeah, we did the hot tub a couple times. And but it was yeah. in the adult area. It w- we were the yeah. only ones in the pool. There might have been two other people in the pool while we were in there Yeah, at part of the time. So... Yeah, not really seeing this. I mean, I would I would be more upset if all the decks on the surrounding the ship with looking into the ocean were super packed with, with people. Yeah. That's where my spot is. So, I don't know. This is not one that impacts me at all. And I think that the negative she's pointing out for some people is actually a positive. And to each their own, you know? Next one on here is the hot tub. So, going from the swimming pool to the hot tub, the hot tub expectations I'll do this one here. Okay. When looking at a cruise ship, when looking at cruise ship pamphlets, what captures us most of all is the pool area and the luxurious hot tubs. No. Anyway, there's always a picture of a couple enjoying a relaxing, romantic evening inside the hot tub or a group of friends enjoying their time privately in the big welcoming hot tub with the vast ocean behind them. So it's got a, a picture of, of a completely empty deck with one lady uh, who is is sitting on the edge of a hot tub. Not even in the hot tub, mind you. <laughs> okay. And um, we imagine relaxing in the hot tub by ourselves with a good book in one hand and a cocktail in the other. And, of course, we want to take the perfect picture to be on our social media and make our friends envious. However, the perfect picture doesn't include us sitting in a lukewarm hot tub with a group of strangers. The hot tub reality. You want to read that part? We've already established that privacy is the most important thing if you want to enjoy the cruise ship facilities, and that's the one thing they usually can't provide. The only way you'd have privacy in a cruise ship hot tub is if you have one in your room. Otherwise, much like the pool area, you can expect the hot tub to be crowded at all times. And it shows a very, very packed hot tub picture here with uh, with some older folks, which if you read the next part, we will see there. <laughs> It's a little bit of ageism in this article. <laughs> it won't be crowded by young people most of the time, as you might have hoped. 
but the early birds who get there first, which are usually elderly people. You won't even have enough room to stretch your legs in the hot tub, and you could only dream about having it all to yourself and taking the perfect picture. Okay, first of all, look here, Generation X. Um, I don't care if you aren't the early bird. You you know what? Early bird gets the worm for a reason. Early bird gets the hot tub for a reason. But the reality is that's not the reality I've seen. Yes, there are times when the hot tub is crowded and you can't get in or you have to wait to get in. But um, there are also a lot of other times and you can strategically plan these times out like when other people are eating dinner and it's not your dinner time that you can usually get a empty or close to empty hot tub and I will say I have had some lukewarm water experiences that have been that have been a problem, especially on the Carnival Vista. But normally that is not the case. So I, I don't know. I, I am not I'm not digging this vibe. And also personally, um, one of my favorite things to do is go and sit in the hot tub because it's a great time to interact with other people. I like meeting other people. I like talking to other cruisers. And the great thing about the hot tub, I think we've talked about this before, is that if you get a crazy person in there with you, you can just get up and leave or wait till they leave and you don't have to keep visiting with them like you would with maybe somebody that sits at your dinner table. So, um, yeah, null and void on that. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Also, this picture with all these people in this hot tub, I wouldn't say that they are all elderly. No, they're like, not. That one guy probably is. Yeah, they're pro- they're probably I'd say 40s, 50s. He might be in his 60s or yeah. late 50s. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I agree. Like I feel like I'm not typically one to just randomly go talk up to pe- go up to people and talk to them because that's just not what I do. Um, but in the hot tub, if I'm chilling there and somebody starts talking to me, that's a great way for me to actually talk to people because I, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of forced to talk to them. Yeah. And the re- the reality is if you're a person that doesn't like social interaction, maybe the cruise vacation isn't for you or you can do that. And then there's just other things you're going to want to do, but that is that is up to you to choose your own thing. I, I don't think that's the normal um, expectation for people. I just, I just don't, I just don't. Yeah. All right. Next one is the room expectations. If you've never been on a cruise before, you probably imagine the bedrooms are about at, I'm sorry. I'm not misspeaking. This is written poorly huh. are about at luxurious, luxurious, I think that's supposed to be as luxurious, as a five-star hotel. You expect a lavish, spacious room with high-end facilities and, most importantly, a breathtaking ocean view. Actually, that's true for every vacation. Your dream of the perfect vacation, and sometimes, if we're honest, our expectations are anything but realistic. Well, that, that is probably true for some of us it shows this beautiful picture of this huge cruise cabin with like very modern extravagant um amenities in it and a gigantic window or panes of windows that are looking out to a balcony and the and the ocean beyond of course the rooms differ from one ship to another and some are more luxurious than others it depends on the ship and it depends on the price of the room but still you expect a certain level of comfort. After all, it's a vacation. And we're 
where they're having a relaxing time. So the room's reality. Um, yeah, this picture is clearly like a big fancy suite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, that's not just a fancy suite. That's like the uber fancy yeah. suite. Yeah. Yeah. It All looks. Right. It does look really, really nice. Um, I've never seen anything that it's got hardwood floors or vinyl. It looks like hardwood floor. I mean, yeah, it doesn't even, I'm not even sure it's a real photo. No, I was going to say that's probably a, um, what's it called when like they some kind of rendering render. Of, that's yeah. the word. I mean, it yeah. looks photorealistic, but I, yeah. I have a feeling it might not be an actual photo. I don't know. It could be, it could be. But. All right. Reality. Unless you book the most expensive suite on the ship, you are in for a surprise. According to some very disappointed cruise passengers, the rooms might be a lot smaller than you've expected. Cruise ships look big on the outside, and they are, but they usually host hundreds of people, which means that naturally not all rooms can be as big as promised. <laughs> and it's got a, a picture of, of a... Typical room. It looks like an interior room or they're looking towards the interior. Probably an interior room because there's a mirror behind the bed, which has been made up probably by the passengers in this case. So it looks, Yeah, it looks like they've just recently stood up from it. Yeah. Like a used room. Yeah. <laughs> um, likewise, in most rooms, you won't get an ocean view as promised. But the second best thing, a photo of the ocean hanging on the wall. Perhaps this one's on us as our expectations are simply too high. We can't expect a bedroom in a cruise ship, even their finest... What? We can't expect a bedroom in a cruise ship, even their finest suite, to be as large and accommodating as a five-star hotel bedroom. No, you can't. So why would you think anybody would have that expectation? Also, I don't. Like, if I book no. an interior room, I don't expect to have an ocean view. Right, because like, you're on a ship. You can get an ocean view. Yeah. But, but honestly, I think... At least half, if not the majority of cruise ship rooms on a lot of ships have a window, <laughs> at least a window, if not a balcony. And um, yeah, I mean, you can save money and get an interior cabin and then you can just walk outside and, and have a view of the ocean. I, I don't get it. Like to me, the small room is part of the experience. Like I, I wouldn't say no to a suite, but I kind of. I kind of yearn for that small room. I think part of me is like, Hey, this is reminding me that you're, you're not at a hotel. You're on a ship in the ocean and that's freaking cool. And so I kind of like it. I like the small room. I like the intimacy of it. And uh, it doesn't, doesn't bother me in the least, not even a little bit. Yeah. No, my, my point of going on a, a cruise vacation is to enjoy the ship and everything that a cruise has to offer. I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to turn down a big fancy suite if somebody offers it to me. No, but it'd, be, it'd be fun to experience, but oh, absolutely. I definitely don't but, need it. Yeah, I'm not going to... My my vacation isn't supposed to be spent in the room. No. what Like, what's the point of that? Right. It's like I could go to the pool at the apartment. I don't... I, why would I even cruise if that was my goal? Right. What's the point? So, yeah. All right, you want to do the next one? Yep. Next is the live shows, expectations. We are promised quite a few attractions and entertainments on the ship. At nights after dinner, there's supposed to be a live show of music, magic, or any other form of entertainment, and we expect it to be a spectacle. Okay, so we don't necessarily expect it to be a live show performance of a popular rock band like the sometimes... I'm having a hard time reading this. 
Okay, so we don't necessarily expect it to be a live show performance of a popular rock band like they sometimes advertise, but we expect something decent. Okay, if they advertise that there's going to be an actual rock band or other band on there, then there is. So <laughs> that's called a that's called a specialty cruise or a theme cruise. Yeah, <laughs> you go on there, and uh, and it happens. This picture, I don't know. Do you know who well, this? I I do. It also says it in this section. Oh, does it? Okay. But <laughs> I knew before as well. <laughs> I figured you might because I thought it was your your genre, not mine. Yeah. Um, this picture, for example, shows a Rascal Flats concert on a cruise ship with an exhilarated audience and a lively atmosphere they say the best artists perform on cruise ships but the question is which cruise ships only a handful of the most luxurious and most expensive ships can afford to bring the a-list artists not true nope not true (laughs) not even close because the a lot of the cruises i've seen with big bands have not been on the oasis class ships not even close. So that is not true at all. But if you are going on a cruise, it's going to have some musical artists that are like, you know, well-known. You're going to pay more because it's just like going to a concert that you're on with them for an extended period of time. It's yeah. going to cost more money. It's typically a cruise specifically for that genre or right. that person. Right. Like you're booking that cruise because that's what you're going for, not because, oh, I'm on this cruise and this also happens to be happening. Right. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's usually like a Lollapalooza type event. Like yeah. it's, it's not normally one band is what I, that's not what I normally see. There are some, but a lot of times it's like a whole group of bands some bigger than others, but whatever. Okay. All right. So what is the live show's reality? In reality, there will be entertainment during the evenings, but probably not what you expected. The live show probably won't be a rock concert, but a struggling artist that couldn't get a better gig. Really? Rude. Uh, hopefully you didn't count on the live show to be the best part of the cruise because you're in for a bitter surprise. Most of the time, the quote professional music show would be an amateur artist and in some cases it would be karaoke karaoke can be fun when you do it with the family or a close group of friends but sitting and listening to a group of strangers sing their hearts out off key isn't our idea of a fun night before booking a cruise make sure what really stands behind the live show and entertainment wait what before booking a cruise ship Make sure what really stands behind the live show and entertainment nights. That sentence doesn't make any sense. On the other hand, this is something you can turn around. It can be fun depending on your attitude. Yeah, which um, based on your writing that makes me think you don't have a good one. But anyway. um, It's completely inaccurate. Yeah. So first of all, karaoke is fun with strangers. Also, karaoke isn't like the main show. Like they never karaoke is also an option of something to do. Yeah, it's not the main. Yes, yeah, definitely never. No cruise ship is high is highlighting or headlining. Sorry, with a karaoke show. That's <laughs> not a thing. That's not even a thing. So most of now I don't know about other ships, but most of the ships that I've gone on, like their main show is like like the performers of the ship doing like a a song and dance show, not like right. just one person doing like a concert. Right. I have seen magicians occasionally, which I enjoy yes. quite a bit. And I've, I've seen some other really cool performances. Now, are these performers the tops in their field? 
probably not. But if they were, you'd be paying a lot more money to see them. But are they very talented? Yes. Is saying that they're there because they can't get any other gigs a really inaccurate and rude thing to say? Absolutely it is. A lot of these people are very talented. And you know what? If I had some of those skills and I had an opportunity to work on a cruise ship, you better believe I would do that. That would be so much fun. So, I don't know. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I don't like that. Yeah. All right. What's the next one here? Next is the casino expectations. No matter which cruise we're going on, we somehow always expect a casino that wouldn't shame the best hotel in Las Vegas. When the pool area was a disappointment and the live show was a bust, we turned to the casino casino as a last resort, hoping the cruise could still be salvaged and we can still have a good time. We put on the best clothes, prepare our stomach for a night of drinking, prepare the cash in our wallet, and head out to the casino. We imagine the Bellagio or the MGM, and like anything else on the cruise ship, the casino almost always turns out to be a disappointment perhaps even the biggest disappointment of the trip. Wow. Huh. Wow. I, I don't know. The picture that, that is in this, I don't know what, what casino this is from, but it looks pretty much like a cruise ship casino. And this is supposed to be the non-example of what you actually find on a cruise ship. Right. It looks like cruise ship casino to me. Maybe maybe I'm I'm not a casino person. Maybe I don't understand. But anyway, and then the picture, the next picture, looks like a casino you'd find in like a... Uh, VFW hall or something. Right. You know, like, no. The casino, the reality, much like the bedrooms are smaller than expected due to the limited space on the ship, the same goes for the casino. The bedrooms, the dining room, and the common areas take up most of the space inside the ship and not much is left for the casino. That's why it's always significantly smaller than what you might expect. Is it? It's always significantly smaller than what you might expect. That's a pretty uh, broad statement. (laughs) The small space also means there's no room for plenty of games, so the variety is scarce. In most cruise ships, you won't have tables of different games and gambling options with dealers and waiters going around offering to refill your glass. At best, you'll have a number of slot machines in a small dark room. Okay. Wow. I'm not a gambler. I don't spend that much time in the casinos, but... I've been in there enough to know that that entire paragraph is bunk because every ship I've been on has had multiple gambling tables. I have seen lots of wait staff in there going around for the drinks. Hello, they're making money in some cases or encouraging people to gamble more, which is still making money. And uh, lots more than than slot machines. And it's never a dark space. No, that casino is usually like a good chunk of the ship. Like yeah. on one floor, of course. Um, but yeah, like a big chunk of the ship. I wonder if the person that wrote this really intentionally knew that they were being this ridiculous. I'm or sure they, if they really feel this way. I'd like to know. I, I'm sure they were being a little, I don't, I just, I don't I, know. The, the reason that I wanted to do this article, and there's plenty more to do, is that I, I just feel like uh, cruising gets a bad, such a bad rep in the media, especially right now, of course, cruising is getting hammered really hard. And and for most of it is not really deserved. And uh, sometimes it is, but most of it is not. And so this kind of article, it just kind of paints this picture for people who don't cruise, don't want to cruise. Um, and it paints a poor picture of cruising. And I think it's I think it's garbage. So anyway. All right. 
Moving on, though, the ship, Expectations. Cruise ships always have fancy names, which includes words such as princess, queen, diamond, or anything that has to do with royalty. Hmm. A couple of them might. Uh, (laughs) But if there's one thing we've learned, it's that the fancier the name, the lousier the ship might be. (laughs) We expect the ship to be nothing less than the Titanic to be big, magnificent, and luxurious on the inside and the outside. That's how they always look in those pamphlets and advertising. But again, Photoshop does most of the work. Really? Really? I don't I don't think so. No. Take this ship, for example, parked on an exotic beach with clear blue water underneath, clear blue skies above, and the ship that stands there with a wide deck and overall magnificence magnificent presence looks pretty impressive we must admit okay it's also reality it's also like a million cruise pictures i've seen look just like this from cruisers right photoshop whatever you don't even know what photoshop is (laughs) dummy all All right. right and then and then yeah go ahead reality not all ships look as glamorous as the advertisement suggests it might not always be as clean as expected. It's usually not as big, and you certainly wouldn't find it parked on, on an exotic beach on a sunny day with the beams of light sparkling off the white deck. Again, this depends on a lot of the ship you've chosen, but allow us to exaggerate for dramatic effect. <laughs> That's what this whole article is, is right? exaggerating for dramatic effect. After operating for years, not all ships maintain their original glow and sparkle they once had, and it shows. Some of them look old and rusty, as they really are. What the photo in the advertisement was probably taken uh, when the ship was brand new. That might create some confusion. You know what? Yes, things rust on a cruise ship. It's on salt water. Try living near salt water. Metal rusts. But you know what? They are constantly cleaning and painting. To say that a cruise ship is a dirty place is either bald face lying or you've never actually been on a cruise ship or you've been on some extreme off-brand cruise ship or you are one of the most unlucky cruise passengers of all time because I have never experienced a cruise ship that was dirty. They are cleaning that thing 24 hours a day and it is spotless yeah just bunk the whole thing i mean my my first two cruises were both on the carnival paradise which is a smaller ship and an older ship and i can tell you that i walked onto that ship and i didn't once think oh no no not even never like that ship is amazing and the people that are there like working to clean and keep that place that ship like going like they work hard yeah that's kind of rude to them isn't it it's kind of disrespectful to them because they do work really hard and there and there's crew that are always going there's i've never been on a cruise ship where they weren't painting ever yeah they're always they're cleaning windows they're painting when you're when you're docked at a port like they got people hanging off the sides cleaning that thing up i'd like to go to this author's house and rub my finger across their mantle find the dust and be like hmm the baseboards dirty. my mom will get the baseboards that's her thing <laughs> you better get that baseboard behind the door that nobody ever opens and looks at but if it's not there she'll know all right the next one <laughs> the age range expectations once again hollywood sets up impossible standards 
On TV, cruises always seem like the ultimate vacation for a group of friends and the ideal place to meet new and exciting people. What Hollywood even has cruising? Because the love boat wasn't that, and that's there's very few cruise things in Hollywood. There are a few, but not very many. They show us young men and women enjoying their spring break in style. Do they? I mean, there was a monster cartoon movie that came out on a cruise ship. Sitting on the deck, drinking cocktails, hanging out by the poolside, and having a good time. And they show a picture of, uh, looks like a Royal Caribbean. It's got to be a Royal Caribbean ship. Yeah, it's a Royal. um, With some fancy furniture and some young folk enjoying cocktails together. Hollywood has ruined this experience for us. We expect a cruise to be full of people our age. So, are you assuming we're all young, author? Um, young families and young people who are there to party and have a good time, just like us. But that's not always the case. Okay, there are other people in this world, person that wrote this article, so stuff it. Truth is, cruisers are an appealing attract cruise, cruises are an appealing attraction for elderly people. Perhaps they're too expensive for the younger generation. Oh, there's so much wrong with that statement. I know. There's so much wrong with that statement. All right, let's... let's go ahead and read the reality before we bash it. All right, all right. You're going to read the reality? Yeah. This is something you should check beforehand. Some cruises, usually known as specialty cruises, are designed for a specific demographic, in which case you know in advance whether this is the right cruise for you or not. You might want to do your research and make sure you're not going on a cruise where the average age is 65. Not that there's anything wrong with elderly people. Oh, I don't know that I believe you, Adriana. Is that your name? (laughs) They are charming and wise, and there's a lot we can learn from them. But you might not have a lot in common with them. We've already established the ship isn't that big, and you're bound to run into people at the poolside, the dining area, and anywhere you go, so you can only hope they'd be people you can have a good time with. Wow. Wow. That, That is like... That is ageist. Like... Absolutely. You might be able to learn something from them, but we don't really want to be around those people. Why don't you give it a chance for a start? And second of all, that's not even the reality. Uh, Maybe there are a few cruise lines that tend to cater to older folks. And yeah, if you are looking for that experience, you know, Holland America or something like that. But even if you're younger, you can enjoy a Holland America cruise. And most cruises, the average age of most cruises, I think now is around their 40s like 30s to 30 to 50 some somewhere in there look there's plenty of people your age on the cruise no matter what age you are so get over yourself and you know what just because other people aren't your age you got to share with them so deal with it if if you if you can't then stay on land and go to one of your stupid clubs okay that's all i'm saying yeah, I, I agree. There was a cruise that I went on. We did Anytime Dining, and we sat with an older couple. They ha- were like the best conversation we had on the cruise. Yeah, I have met I have met lots of quote-unquote elderly people on cruises who have been the highlights of my cruise, talking to them and hearing their life stories. Uh, you know, they tell you about their cruise experience. Some of them, I've talked to people who have been cruising since the 70s, and how cool is that? You know, I've played trivia. We've played trivia with some older folks. And you know what? I could hang out with the younger kids, too, and get along with them, as long as they're not jerks like some people and have <laughs> have these, like, prejudices against other people. So, you know what? You're on a cruise. How about you just enjoy other humans instead of worrying so much about 
whether they're retired or not. All right. The okay. dining room. Yeah. Expectations. Mm-hmm. We always make the mistake of thinking a five-star cruise ship is equal to a five-star hotel. But that's like comparing apples and oranges. We expect the dining hall and the food to be fancy and luxurious with a huge variety of meals, a chef conducting the food, and a chandelier for the atmosphere. Personally, we're big fans of the buffet. Having endless options for breakfast and dinner is the best part about a vacation. Some people say you can judge a hotel by the food it serves. If the buffet is rich in variety and flavor, it means this is a high-end hotel and the other way around. Okay. Um, Okay. I don't even know what to do with that yet because... Yeah. That didn't really, uh, the dining room reality, let's, uh, this ought to be good. When it comes to food on a cruise, the variety at the buffet is often scarce. What are you cruising on, lady? You say, what buffet have you been to on a <laughs> ship? Like, <laughs> Right? Uh, okay, anyway, but the lines are long. Um, normally not so bad. Anyway, the dining hall often resembles a high school cafeteria, and so is the atmosphere. I don't know where you're cruising, but I haven't had this experience. Again, this depends heavily on the cruise. Yes, it does, ma'am. And maybe you should stop cruising whatever remote backwoods cruise line you have found. Some of them are off are offer a better dining experience than others, but it depends on how much you're willing to pay. Uh, The main dining room is a luxurious, wonderful experience that is one of the highlights of the cruise. The food is anywhere from phenomenal. good to phenomenal. And the service is anywhere from good to outstanding. And I don't know what you're talking about. You are cray cray. Cray cray. Of course, you better hope you don't suffer from seasickness. Since that, since in that case, the dining room would be the least of your problems. If we're looking at the glass half full, it doesn't really matter if the dining room looks like a high school cafeteria as long as the food tastes good, right? Did I? What? I I don't even think we... Like, this doesn't even deserve commenting on because that's just so full of BS. Yeah. I've never had consistently bad food on a cruise. I... I mean, I've had a couple things that were like, that wasn't good, but mostly that's my taste, not because, you know, maybe there's been a couple things I'm like, that wasn't prepared well, but it's very rare, much rarer than in my normal life on land when I eat at various restaurants of varying calibers. All right. Yeah. And it definitely doesn't look like a cafeteria. No. Like that's ridiculous. This author must be so young since she doesn't want to hang out with old people. You'd think she'd remember what the darn cafeteria looks like in her high school, but apparently she doesn't. (laughs) Or maybe she went to a really nice high school. In which case she can stuff it. All right. (laughs) The weather. Expectations. The weather is a crucial factor in any vacation, whether it's a sunny getaway or a skiing trip. It is that much more important on a cruise where you spend most of the day outside. Unlike a luxurious hotel with an inside pool and a comfortable bedroom, we've seen what the bedrooms on most cruise ships look like, and it doesn't look like a place you want to spend the whole day. No matter how great the ship is and how great the company, eventually it all boils down to the weather. Bad weather can ruin your cruise. A cruise is worth nothing without the sunny weather. We're not saying the weather will be bad no matter what, but it's something to take under consideration when choosing a cruise over another vacation. 
Okay, I got a lot to say about this. Let me read the weather reality. If the clouds roll in when you're on a cruise, you can pretty much call it a day. There's no place to run since you're stuck on a moving ship. Oh, let's come back to that point in a moment. And you're forced to stay indoors, either inside your room, the crowded common areas, or the sad casino. We're not sure which option is better, but you better hope for good weather. Mother Nature works in mysterious ways, and unfortunately, the weather doesn't work according to our plans. This is something you have no control of, and it can take us by surprise, not only during a cruise, but at any time. Okay, first of all, there is a lot of interior space on a cruise and a lot of things to do in interior space, more so than any hotel I normally stay in. Secondly, if you're going to any Caribbean style beach style vacation and you have bad weather, uh, it's going to ruin your day. I don't care how nice your hotel room is. You didn't pay all that money and fly to wherever to sit in your hotel. And there's probably not a bunch of other activities going on in that hotel to do. Exactly. Exactly. And finally, um, one advantage a cruise ship has over your land hotel is that it can change its course. It can speed up and slow down to try and avoid said weather. And by the way, there are several cruise ships that have pools with roofs over them. So do your homework. Next. I'm getting I'm getting fired up. Getting fired up, Kimbra. Next, the activities on board, expectations. Cruise ships offer often offer plenty of onboard activities to keep you entertained at all times. D- did you read you Okay. If you're the kind of person who gets bored spending hours by the poolside just sitting around and doing nothing, worry not. Cruise ships promise us a variety of activities such as Water skiing? What? Water skiing? I think that's like the... um The flow rider? Yeah. It's not skiing. It's not, but okay. look who's writing this. Okay, anyway, movie theaters and even indoors skydiving and surfing simulators. Okay, where's the skiing? Is there a cruise ship with skiing on it that I don't know about? I don't know about the water skiing. <laughs> if anybody knows of a cruise ship with water skiing, please let me know, because I've never heard of that one. Uh, and then there's a picture of the flow rider. <laughs> You probably didn't know this, but cruises are a competitive business. There are plenty to choose from, and many of them offer similar activities, facilities, and tours. And so they try to innovate and offer something new and exciting. With that in mind, we expect the onboard activities to be the absolute best. You just said, we don't know this, and then you said, because we know this, we have these high expectations. Did you read this story? (laughs) Anyway... What's the reality? Because that didn't sound bad, actually. While most cruise ships indeed offer exciting onboard activities, you won't necessarily get the chance to enjoy them. These activities cost extra money, wrong, and they could be quite expensive, wrong, and they are booked in the blink of an eye, wrong. If you're interested in the cruise activities, make sure you plan in advance and book them in time, wrong. Otherwise, you'd be stuck with the second grade activities wrong, such as watermelon carving wrong. Making fruit animals doesn't sound quite as exhilarating as indoor skydiving does. Well, I mean, I do agree with that. I've sentence. never seen fruit animals nope, as an option. Me, me either. Okay. Keep in mind that even if you book the activities ahead, you'll still have to wait in line before you get to enjoy them. What? And that's not necessarily how you want to spend your vacation. I really don't think that this person has ever cruised. No, I'm... I... I... I don't understand how they could, but the things they're saying 
unless they are cruising in another country that has totally different experiences that I'm just not aware of. I don't know what they're talking about. Cause yeah, all the, yes, there's, there's tons of activities, barely any of them, barely any of them cost extra. Um, yeah, this, the only thing I know of that sells out are things like if they have cabanas and stuff like that, typically, I mean, yeah, they may have a, a limited tour that sells out, but I've not really run into that as an issue. Yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. All right. The spa expectations. Nothing says vacation like a massage except scuba diving and or or vacation. Yeah. We go on vacation to relax, unwind. Not all of us ladies. Stop saying we, you can't include everybody in your, we, because you are talking about you, not us. Anyway, Leave our troubles behind and forget about work. And there's no better way to relax than a luxurious day, a luxurious spa day and a good massage that takes off the pressure and leaves you refreshed and rejuvenated. You don't even have to get a massage, but simply putting on the robe and sitting around enjoying the spa is enough to put you in vacation mode and take our minds off your, take our minds off your worries even momentarily. (laughs) I, I mean, Maybe. Anyway, uh, we expect the cruise ship spa to be as lavish as a five-star hotel, but you know we're going to what we're going to say next. I've never been to a spa in a five-star hotel, but okay. Anyway, reality. Don't get your hopes up because you'll be gravely disappointed. This spa doesn't look like a relaxing place, but the other way around, it seems like it would make us even more tense. <laughs> The worst part about those cruise ship spas are the cleanliness. They often let down maintenance and only clean them when the ship makes its first stop. The rooms aren't properly ventilated and they get humid and sticky from the seams. And after the first day of the cruise, it's the last place you'd want to be. Well, we wouldn't want anything to get sticky from the steams. (laughs) You think she's talking about the steam room? Or as some of us say, the steam. (laughs) I, I just... I've I've been I've been I've had the spa package in a couple of ships. I mean, again, the the cleanliness thing, like she keeps picking on the cleanliness and like really it's it's clean. I've been on the spa. I've been I've had the spa package on I want to say 3 ships, at least 2, maybe 3 ships. I've toured the spa, but that was at the beginning, so I don't know how it goes, but I've talked to lots of people who have done the spa. And uh, they're really clean and they smell really good. That's why we got the oils that smell like the spa. And um, they're very, very nice, very relaxing. I can't imagine what in the world she is talking about with them being more stressful. And you know what? Everything she's talking about doing that doesn't include a massage, that's what you sit on the deck and look at the ocean for too. So I I don't know. I mean, I've had... Maybe I just don't know what I'm missing out on, but uh, the spa experiences I have had have been great. And I didn't want to go to the spa. I was like, I don't know, this is boring. Uh, and now I'm like, oh yeah, spa time because it's so remarkable. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right. The souvenirs, expectations. Bringing souvenirs to our friends and family when we travel abroad has become a social convention. And it's almost considered rude not to do so. Most of the time. 
These souvenirs are tacky, useless items that end up in the back of our cupboards collecting dust. When going on a cruise, we expect to come back with a suitcase twice as full than the one we took because we expect to find these magical local boutique shops with tasteful, unique objects like the one shown in the photo above. Okay, in the photo above um, does not look like... Anything I've ever seen on a cruise ship. Or anywhere. It doesn't even look like a souvenir shop. It no. looks like a like a crafty Martha Stewart shop yeah. or something. Not something I'd be looking for at a at a different port of call. Uh, I will say, well, I'll wait. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. The souvenir is reality. However, what we usually find is nothing but clothing stands on the street with souvenir t-shirts and tacky dresses that no one ever wears. Most of the time, I'm going to start reading it with a snide little... Most of the time, the ship brings you to places where there's nothing but the same old touristic traps that sell the same overpriced merchandise. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> um, you know the ones we're talking about. Those tourist... Touristic? Is that a real word? Touristic? <laughs> sh- it may be. I don't know. It sells the... My brother was in... And all I got was this lousy t-shirt shirts. As much as we all hate these shops... We can't go home empty-handed, so we buy those overpriced shirts and resent every moment of it. Uh, again, uh, and then she has a picture. It doesn't have any shirts that say that in the picture. There there are some cheap, cheesy souvenirs you can get at the cruise ports. Do you know why? Because people like them. Yeah. There are also places where you can get less cheesy things. You don't have to buy something from those shops you could take pictures as a memory there are other options <laughs> that you could bring back for souvenirs um i've found some cool souvenirs that i brought back to to people over the years cruising that i felt were very appropriate and unique and i live in florida the capital of cheesy souvenir stuff and i get a pet peeve when i go to different places in the country and in florida and see the exact same shirt design with a different word on it, kind of like what she's talking about. I don't see that as much in cruise ports. You might see like a Del Sol with the same exact stuff on the shirts, but a different name. Yeah, but that's a company. Like you can go to an old Navy somewhere else and see the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Now I will say this. I would love to see more culturally uh, significant artifacts that could be purchased crafty artistically made items from different locations sometimes you do find those we have some paintings from finger paintings from mexico that are amazing our salsa bowls our salsa bowls amazing i've also gone to places and they tried to sell me something that they told was from there and it said made in china on the back of it so yeah there's there's stuff out there, but... Yeah, but that's everywhere. Right. You have to pick and choose where to go. You can find decent stuff. And if not, maybe try enjoying the port while you're there instead of worrying about shopping for people back home who probably don't care about your stupid souvenirs unless they're kids. And if they're kids, then they don't care as long as it's fun and they don't care. So, I don't know. That's that's what I would say about that. All right. What's, what's next on here? Is it me next again? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I lost count. I don't know. I, we're just going with the flow. Ocean sightseeing expectations. Perhaps the biggest advantage of a cruise is the chance to be out in the great ocean and catch a glimpse of its magical wildlife. 
You have no idea what you might see, but we're hoping that if we spend enough time on deck, we might see unique fish, dolphins, and other sea creatures that we don't often get to encounter. <laughs> it might not be the main reason why people go on cruises, but spotting the incredibly aquatic life, the incredibly aquatic life. Is that what it says? Is a definitely <laughs> a bonus. Wow. Can I read that sentence again? Sure. It might not be the main reason why people go on cruises, but spotting the incredibly aquatic life is a definitely a bonus. <laughs> not to mention the chance of swimming with them. Some cruises offer that than option. It might happen sometimes, but unfortunately that isn't the norm when it comes to cruises. Oh, Matt. Go ahead, just read the reality before we Yeah, I, I think maybe she needs to listen to a certain podcast to straighten her out on this one. Maybe. If you're expecting to spot exotic fish on this excursion, you will be gravely disappointed. Chances are you won't get to see dolphins perform aerial acrobat acrobatics, nor other unique ocean sightings. They are pretty rare, despite what you might think. You will have to view you will have the view of the ocean, which is pretty incredible in itself, but it gets pretty boring after ten minutes. <laughs> If the weather's good, you'd be lucky to see the horizon. Okay, we might be pushing it too far. You think? Going on cruises isn't the worst thing in the world, but it's certainly not what we expect it to be. Oh, wow. I didn't realize this was going to be the hot button of hot buttons here. No. This woman has no clue. If you go to the Caribbean and you don't see cruise creatures... You're not doing it right. And it's not the cruise line's fault. It's your fault. Unless you have terrible weather or you can't do some of these activities. And if that's the case, I'm sorry that you can't do them. Then no, there's not sea exotic fish. Really? Well, I mean, part of this is she's like mixing up both like seeing the ocean on the ship and excursions. Like she combined the two of those things together. She did, which means she has no clue about how the ocean works at all. So, uh, and and look, I've seen lots of cool birds. I've seen flying fish on the ship at sea. Some people, and this is rare, can see whales or dolphins. Now, I wouldn't ever expect that unless you're going to Alaska where you get a ton of that. Uh, but, but that's, but yeah, but once you're in port... You're going to see stuff. Maybe she's just thinking on the ship. I don't think most people have that expectation that they're going to see exotic creatures. I didn't have that expectation. Maybe I knew better. Did you have that expectation? Did you think you'd go on a cruise and out in the open ocean you would see like parrotfish or something jumping out of the... I don't know. What does she think they do? I mean, I was, I was of course, hopeful that maybe a dolphin would jump up. But no, it wasn't an expectation. I mean, if you want to see dolphins, drive around several areas in Florida. Right. And you can see dolphins pretty much guaranteed. Like We saw a stingray on our last cruise. We did. I've seen sea turtles yeah. on the ship sailing out of ports. I have seen dolphins. I have seen sea turtles. I've never seen a whale. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I, I think know. you're doing it wrong. That's all I can say. If you want to see dolphins and you're in Florida, um, send us an email and we will tell you where you can see dolphins if it's an area that we're familiar with. Yes. Which is a lot of areas. Yes. So, all right. Next one, the beaches. Expectations. Sipping a cocktail under the sun on a white sandy beach sounds like the ideal vacation. And it really is. As long as the weather's okay, right, lady? But <laughs> if it's that... But if... If <laughs> I threw myself off of that. But if that's the kind of thing you're dreaming of, don't book a cruise for your next vacation. 
Even if everything goes according to plan and the beach really is as dreamy as you've imagined, your time there is limited. At most, you'll get to spend a couple hours on the beach before the ship takes off. And by the time you find the perfect spot, order a cocktail, and dive into your book, you might have to pack up and leave. Mm. All right, let's read this reality. When we think of the perfect vacation, most of us think of a deserted beach with a golden shore and a clear blue and and clear blue water. While the shore might be golden and the water would be clear blue, you might not get to enjoy that beauty due to all the people ruining the scene. <laughs> Peace and serenity are the last thing you'll get on that beach. Remember how the ship can hold hundreds of passengers? They're all going down at the same stop. They're all going down at the... Okay. And they all want to enjoy... Sounds a bit rude. ...the beautiful beaches. We might come off as sociopaths, but our idea of the perfect vacation doesn't include a herd of people. What does that have to do with being a sociopath? I don't don't don't, know. I don't think she knows what... Maybe look up that word, sociopath. Anyway, um, then you need to book a different beach because... I've been on lots of excursions where you can stay more than two hours. And I've been on lots of beaches where it's not super packed. Definitely not any more packed than a typical Florida beach. Yeah. Well, I'm um, thinking like at Grand Cayman when I went to Seven Mile and we when we took a cab down to like a certain area of the beach and it was we got there early, so it was empty when we got there. But as we walked down, there were areas that had people, areas that were completely empty. And there was one area that was, like, closest to the port that was very packed. But that's because it was close to the port. Right. That's what I was going to say. If you go to the free beaches that are close to the ship, then it's going to be more crowded. Do some homework. Do some research. Join a cruising group on Facebook. Ask questions. People love to answer them. Get ideas for where you can go. Listen to a podcast episode about the excursion destination or the destination you're going to. There are usually places you can go to. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is not accurate. But uh, two, two or three hours on a beach is too long. Is about as long as most people probably want to be on the beach. It's hot. It's sunny. I mean, you may or may not have a lot of shade. So how long do you want to be out on that beach? You're going to go to another port the next day. You get on a beach again. And if you're going to one of the private islands, then you can go to the beach for the entire time the ship is there, which is probably five or six hours at minimum. Also, also, all the people on that ship are not going to the beach. No. Some will stay on the ship. Some will do other excursions. Some will do other things. Right. Right. There may be other ships in port, but yeah, do your homework. You can avoid that if that's something you don't want. Some people don't mind that, though. Some people enjoy that aspect of it. Um, A good example is Grand Turk. There's a beach literally in front of the ship. And yeah, it gets crowded on the beach, but um, I don't care. I, I still, it's not so crowded in the water that I can't see lots of exotic fish. So... It doesn't bother me one iota, and I have all the time the cruise ship is in port to be in that water, which is usually five or six hours, and I usually get out of the water before that, and that's me who never gets out of the water when he's underwater. So, all right, the seasickness, not seasickness, but the seasickness. 
expectations. Seasickness is a real thing they fail to mention in the cruise advertisement. It doesn't happen to everyone, but it's a lot more common than you might think. And if you're the first and if it's your first time traveling on sea, you might be extra vulnerable to nausea and sickness. However, when we're on dry land, it's easy to forget about seasickness or brush it off. It's hard to imagine how bad it's going to hit us and how we might react to the constant movement of the ship. And we either don't pay that any thought at all, or we think it's a piece of cake. In reality, it can ruin our vacation. What's the seasickness reality, Kimbra? Some people are more sensitive to the movement of the ship. Those people are also often more sensitive to car rides and planes as well. Hmm. And they are more prone to suffer from seasickness. Hmm. In the bad cases, people would suffer from the very beginning to the very end of the cruise. And in the best case scenario, you might experience slight nausea every now and then. We hate being the bearers of bad news, but almost everyone has suffered or will suffer from seasickness at least once in their lives, at least on a certain level. We've even heard of cruises that were completely ruined since too many passengers suffered from seasickness and they couldn't complete the tour. Couldn't complete the tour. Um, A cruise is not a tour. So I'm assuming they're thinking of like an excursion tour, which is on a much smaller boat. Uh, There are medications you can get prescribed from a doctor or that you can buy over the counter that can help with all but the most extreme of seasickness or, patients. Or if seasickness is something you're concerned about, go on a three or four night cruise. Yeah, that has Try lots it of out. excursion stops. Because you're not going to get seasick when the cruise ship is docked. Well, also, it's shorter, (laughs) so you can try it out. So you're not wasting, like, a week sick. Right. You're wasting a couple. So my friend Ashley gets very sick on things, and we went on a four-night cruise for her first cruise, and she had the C-bands, and she had the patch, and she had the Dramamine. Like, she had all the things. Didn't get sick at all because she prepared and we went on a shorter cruise to see how it went. And it was it was two ports. So there was only one sea day. My mom is very susceptible to motion sickness and she does the patch behind her ear. And uh, sometimes she has a little bit of discomfort, but normally she doesn't. And it's definitely not enough to ruin her cruise. Trust me, the woman would cruise as much as she possibly can. We'll cruise as much as she possibly can. And and I can get I get seasickness on dive boats, but I take Dramamine and I'm fine. But yeah, there are there are a few people out there that motion sickness is a severe enough problem that they may not be able to cruise. But I would say those people are very, very, very rare. And they're probably also very aware. Yeah. Of their sickness. Because you would, like the author actually said, you would definitely feel, or most likely, you would get motion sickness very easily in other parts of your life. So, uh, yeah, I it, if you have a really bad storm, people might get sick, but that is not the norm normal circumstance, and it's definitely not the common case for most people. This is This is bunk. And this is one of the... This is one of my pet peeves because people, a lot of people won't cruise because they think this is an issue and it's simply not. I mean, it's, 
It can be for the rare individual, but for the majority of us, it is not an issue. And if you do what Kimber's saying, then even if it is an issue, you're going to have a minimal problem with it. And you'll know, hey, I am that one in 200,000 or whatever it is that just probably cruising isn't going to be right for me. All right. The next one, that Titanic (laughs) Titanic moment expectations. Don't act like the thought has never crossed your mind. When going on a cruise with your partner, we all dream of having a romantic experience and the cherry on top, the perfect Titanic moment, standing on deck, wind blowing in our hair, sunset in the background, reacting, recreating one of the most romantic scenes in the history of Hollywood. I think we all know what's pictured in this scene. We've all seen the critically acclaimed film. It's a classic. Rumor has it some people book cruises only to have a chance to recreate this iconic moment. I'm sorry for you. And (laughs) then there are Titanic specialty cruises, complete with hitting the iceberg and everything for the hardcore fans. I never heard of those. Uh, I'm hoping that's like sarcasm there or something. Intriguing? I don't know. What's the reality of this one? Unfortunately, as we've already seen, Hollywood poses us with ridiculously high standards, and in reality, nothing is as glamorous as it seems on TV. Not even the iconic Titanic moment. As you can see in the photo below, this woman was trying to recreate the Titanic scene without much success. Even if you're not alone on the cruise, but with your significant other, recreating the scene wouldn't work out as planned. Taking a picture without other passengers in the background is almost impossible, and the romantic moment wouldn't be ruined by noise. Uh, would be ruined by noise and music coming from the bar. Um, have you ever done the Titanic pose? I've never done it with a person. I, we, I didn't even remember it was. We did it on on the Brilliance. Did we do it? Yeah, because it had had the helicopter pad and we went up there um, before, was it before we left? And we went up there and and took some, we saw the Pelicans in front of the Victory ship. And guess what? There was no other people up there. That's right. And I've done that several times on ships. It's always been tongue in cheek. I wasn't actually, you know, had these high expectations of recreating this romantic thing in fact usually i've been by myself or with with a guy so <laughs> i don't know maybe you know i never know sparks will fly but um okay but, <laughs> but yeah i mean you can easily uh do that without a lot of people around there the bow of the ship is nowhere near bar music that's what i was gonna say <laughs> so what um so, yeah, I don't know what you're thinking. The The thing that you may find disappointing is that you're not going to actually be on the very bow end of the ship on almost any cruise. There's a few cruise ships you might well, be able to Well, the Brilliance was like that. Yeah, Brilliance was, was close to that, but that's the exception, not the rule. Usually yeah. you're going to be on a balcony that's set back and you're looking down into the bow. But um, but still, does anybody really go on there just to recreate that? If no, so, then, they you know. They can't. There's get, no way. Get a life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I go on a, there's, hey, they're building the replica of the Titanic. I'm sure they will have that as a photo opportunity. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> if that, if that actually ever sails. Okay. You want to do this next one here? Yeah. I'm just concerned about it because I don't want them to bash this. Um, the crew expectations. We expect the crew at a fancy ship to be equally fancy, elegant, and most importantly, jolly. 
When we think of a cruise ship crew, we don't really pay much thought to their life on the boat when they aren't serving us. Their sole purpose in our minds is to serve the passengers, and we like to think they enjoy their job. Most of us probably think it's a rather fun job. You get to enjoy the cruise, see the beautiful views, maybe jump in the pool every now and then and take advantage of the facilities. And you get paid for that. We also think stewards have a great job because they get to travel around the world. But did you ever stop to consider how hard it must be? Okay, let's see where this one goes. They, they might be onto something here. The crew, the reality. We've seen how tiny the bedrooms really are, so imagine how small the crew's living quarters must be. They don't get the same luxurious rooms as paying passengers, but instead, their rooms are often at the bottom of the ship, underneath everything else. They work around the clock, and they don't have the time to enjoy the ship facilities. While you lay down by the poolside, they're serving you drinks. They clean the ship a number of times a day. I, I thought the ship was dirty, and that includes cleaning vomit. I'm sure occasionally that happens. It doesn't sound so glamorous, does it? So, okay, first of all, um, you're contradicting yourself here, but... Uh, well, can I, can I throw something out yeah, here real quick? Yes, so, first of all... Yes, they are doing all of that stuff while you're relaxing by the pool. It is their job. Right. Which they're volunteering to do. Well, I mean, they're not like, volunteers. W- but when they're... I'm not laying by the poolside on my vacation, I am doing my job. Right. Now, they do work very hard and they work very long hours and they get some of them get very limited amounts of time off. And they get for what Americans would consider a, a very modest pay but for them i think most cases they are making out fairly well and uh if they weren't they probably wouldn't do it now i i'm saying this carefully because i certainly am in favor of giving crew more benefits i wish they got paid what americans got paid and they would probably be living like kings in some of the areas where they come from because crew members are often from uh countries that have much uh, lower economic situations than the United States does. But um, I think they deserve a lot of credit and they do work very hard. I think that she's right in acknowledging that. But uh, I think also um, some of them probably, I'm sure they have to put a big smile on their face. I have to do that at my job too. I'm not always chipper and wanting to talk to people every single day, every single moment of the day. But you know what? When I'm teaching a class or I'm interacting with the public, um, that's my job. And that's what I get paid to do. And by American standards, I don't get paid that much. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to disrespect the crew at all because I think they work their butts off and they deserve lots of props and they probably deserve more money than they get. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Again, going back to, like, it's their job. Like, if you saw the crew just hanging out by the pool, I'd be questioning why they're working there. You know, that's that's kind of the thing is, like, it's saying, oh, they don't get to do all of this stuff. Well, they, they do have some time off. They do. I mean, some get better situations But also, they're taking care of you because that's their job. Right. <laughs> like, and, then, and, and most of them will work for... A few months and then, and then they'll have, have a couple like, months um, off. Right. Yeah. So, so they're they're doing that, which I'm look, it's a hard life. I wouldn't want to do it myself because I don't think I could do their job because I'm not I don't have the skill to do most of their jobs. But uh, but they do have they do have parties. They have like read some of those cr- cruise books we were talking about last week. 
Um, they have active social lives. They do occasionally get time off to go in ports, most of them. I've seen them going off the ship on their free time in ports and talk to them. And, they're, and crew that I've talked to, unless they're just totally lying because I'm a passenger, they seem pretty happy with their situation. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right, next. Next, the pirates. Expectations. Before I even read this, does anyone expect pirates, actual pirates on a cruise? I don't think so. Read the first sentence. Okay, so this this one isn't a real expectation. Oh, okay, gotcha. But more of a secret dream. Let's be honest. We all fell in love with pirates after watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and it put a very specific image of what pirates look like, Jack Sparrow. This was one of Johnny Depp's biggest roles, and he is in large part the reason for the film's success. Okay, uh, I don't completely disagree with that, but I think a lot of us already love pirates. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, not, nothing against Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow, but I mean, pirates are already cool. And anyway, thanks to this movie, whenever we think of pirates, we think of the charming, funny, and a little bit crazy Jack Sparrow, and we romanticize them. We know we probably won't get to see any pirates on a cruise, but it would be pretty awesome to get a glimpse of the Black Pearl, don't you think? Yes, I think that would be really yes. cool. All right, let's see what the reality is. Believe it or not, but in reality, pirates are nothing like Jack Sparrow. Pirates <laughs> do exist in real life, even today, although it's not as common as it used to be. But pirate life isn't as glamorous as the movie make it out to be. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be movies. Movies anyway. make it out. Okay. <laughs> they don't own a ship, certainly not a big one. They don't own a cool parrot. And they don't go out on exhilarating adventures after lost treasures. In real life, pirates are people looking for ships to rob. Perhaps one of the many reasons why pirating isn't common these days, as it was a few decades ago, is because of its many dangers. <laughs> and I don't think pirating is anything that cruises need to worry about. I don't think that's a real and we issue. should probably just move on to the next one. Yeah, like, that just, was kind of a pointless. That was stupid. That was like, this article is pretty long. Did you really need the filler? The romance expectations. There's nothing more romantic than watching the sun set upon the ocean on a warm night with the person you love, right? In theory, yes, but that's your idea of romance. Don't go looking for that on a cruise ship. We've already established you won't find a private moment on a cruise ship as the common areas are constantly crowded. The only way you could watch the sunset with your partner without noise and strangers in the background were if you, if you watched it from your bedroom. <laughs> also, if you want to have a romantic evening with your partner, go for it. Just know you might feel a little overdressed as you'd be the only one wearing high heels or an iron shirt. Mm. Okay, reality. This takes us back to the issue of privacy or lack of privacy on a cruise. Finding a private spot on deck where you could have a quiet, intimate moment with your significant other is nearly impossible. However, not all hope is lost. Cruises often offer a variety of couples classes with activities. Privacy is overrated anyway, and spending a romantic time with your partner could be code for taking a couples class. It's often a dance class, and you don't need to worry about booking a spot in advance, because unlike other onboard activities, these couples classes are almost never fully booked. <laughs> 
All right, uh, Kimbra, did we find any alone time on the cruise? Absolutely. Actually, all, all most the of the time. Yeah, was... lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> there is plenty of space to be romantic and by yourself, and usually in the romantic places, again, out on the deck at night. Very nice, very romantic, very empty, and uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you can definitely watch the sunset outside of your room and not have a bunch of people around you yeah (laughs) pretty sure we did that pretty sure we did pretty sure we did so yeah this person needs to actually go on a cruise i think the bathroom expectations do you want to do this one sure when thinking of a bathroom on a cruise ship this is the image that often comes to mind We dream of taking a relaxing bubble bath surrounded by windows overlooking the ocean in a well-lit room and preferably with a wide hot tub that has a spa option. If we're being realistic, we can give up the hot tub and the spa option. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, we realize deep down that despite... This is written horribly. (laughs) There, I... Sorry, I have to share this. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, comma, we realize deep down that, comma, (laughs) despite our dreams, comma, not all cruise ship bathrooms look like this one, unless we pay for the most expensive room on the ship. Yet, we expect the bathroom to be decent. After all, people suffering from seasickness might spend a lot of time in there. So this bathroom is clearly from, like, the best room on the ship, Bathroom. Yeah, it's crazy looking. Like it's got like a little, that like a little walkout thing. Yeah, it's. Got, oh, is that is that the yeah, shower? That, uh, I don't know. I, I don't Anyways, know. it's fancy. There's there might be one room on the ship with this bathroom. It's probably it probably costs like ten thousand dollars. Yeah. for a four night cruise. <laughs> bathroom, the bathroom reality. More often than not, the bathrooms are small and crammed. The room is small and crammed. Didn't you just say that? So why did we expect the bathrooms oh, to be any different? Not only is there no ocean view in most bathrooms. Do you want an ocean view in the bathroom? Do you need that? Sometimes there might not be a window at all. Sometimes, by sometimes you mean uh, pretty much never. We can dream of having two sinks and a bathtub because I need two sinks. Why? Not to mention a hot tub with a spa option. Isn't a hot tub and a spa synonymous uh, what no, is the, well, like a hot tub has bubbles, and that's what the anyway. I, I, don't I think know. with the spa, they mean like the jets. Yeah, isn't that what the? I, yeah, okay. I don't know. All right. Once again, we examine the two opposite sides of cruise ships: the most luxurious experience versus the lousiest one provided by the cheapest cruise lines. Luckily for us, there's a safe middle between the two. The bathroom night might not be as luxurious as the expectations. Uh, photo depicts but the chances are it won't be nearly as disappointing as this one and they show a uh, very very small cruise ship bathroom small even for cruise ship bathroom expectations i i guess but um i don't know i mean my my thing is the house i used to live in the bathroom the only bathroom in that house was almost as small probably smaller than some cruise ship bathrooms so i never really felt too bad in a cruise ship bathroom also what hotel do you go to that doesn't have i mean of course a cruise ship bathroom is yes smaller and different but you don't have windows in a hotel bathroom like you don't have no 
I don't really want windows in my bathroom in a hotel because there's probably other high-rise rooms that could look into that room. Yeah, like... I mean, on a cruise, I guess it wouldn't be an issue, but... The dolphins might see you. (laughs) All right, the destinations, expectations. Some of us go on cruises to enjoy the ship's facilities, but let's be honest, no one really enjoys sea travel. What? At the end of the day, we're there for the incredible tour destinations. What? No. It goes without saying that when we book a cruise, you need to check in advance what are these destinations. That is how the sentence is written. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. What are you? How would you not know the destinations when you book a cruise? I don't know. <laughs> the brochures are often packed with photos of wondrous beaches and exotic places. But sometimes these are nothing but random photos that have nothing to do with a specific cruise. Don't get fooled by these photos. They just show you what you want to see. No, Where they are, are reality. Cruises? Where are you booking cruises? And why are you looking at brochures? Are you, I was do you not have the too. internet? <laughs> What's wrong with you? All right. Maybe you need a travel agent. We know oh. one. <laughs> Fantastic travels at gmail.com. We'll help you with these things. We'll give you the reality that you need. I suspect nobody listening to this needs that. But anyway. Right, the reality. In reality, the destinations might be a disappointment and you end up spending a week suffering from seasickness for nothing. They don't always take you to beautiful beaches as the brochure suggests. And so that's something you should check in advance. If you're traveling with your family, make sure the destinations are suitable for all age groups so that everyone could enjoy their trip. So in other words, just like any other vacation you would take anywhere, maybe do a little research so you know what you're doing. Why would that apply to cruises any different than anything else? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I almost feel like this article doesn't deserve us to finish it. <laughs> How much more? Let's see. There's well, there's a decent amount more. Is there? All right. We've got the drinks. We've got the tours. We've got... We already covered the age range there. It was the age range number two. The, the, the tender tender. expectations. Oh, I guess that's it. Okay. That's it. So we go. Okay. We can, we okay. can finish this. All we right. got this. Kimbra, we got this. All right. All right. All right. I, I know we shouldn't give this article. I mean, it's, it's like three years old, so I don't really feel bad. And, um, it's wrong. It's very yeah. wrong. All right. The drink. And it's kind of funny. Expectations. A vacation isn't complete without a mojito in your hand or your favorite drink. If you're not a mojito type of person. Nothing says a vacation like daytime drinking. We have a certain image of what the drinks should look like on a cruise. They should be served in tall glasses, stylishly decorated with a twist of lemon and a long straw. Uh oh. Some drinks should be served in a coconut, much like the food. We we expect an open bar and a large variety of refreshing drinks to choose from. And we like to try a new cocktail every day. We want an exotic drink. To complement the cruise experience. Hmm, Like the drink of the day. All right. Drinks. The reality. I'm sorry. The drinks. Reality. In reality, the drinks aren't as glamorous as we expect. Wrong. The the variety is always smaller than what we expect. Wrong. And elaborate cocktails aren't in the menu. Wrong. In most cruise ships, you get your drinks in a self-service bar. Wrong. And you end up drinking them on plastic chairs as the picture below shows. Wrong. It It shows what looks like a... I don't think this is even a cruise ship. No, this is like your backyard barbecue. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it looks like. 
That's what it looks like. There definitely are not pint glasses like that on the, on your average cruise. Did someone say daytime drinking? More often than not, cruise ship bars don't operate 24-7, and you might only be able to get your drink during dinner. Wrong. But hey, don't be discouraged. We're not there for the drinks, and there's plenty still the ship has to offer, right? Scroll down and see for yourselves. What cruise are you going on? Yeah, I don't know. Literally, I mean... It's not an open bar. I will I will give them that unless you no. have the drink package. And then it's an open bar. Yeah. Um, but who thinks that they're going to go on a ship and just drink whatever the heck they want, whatever the heck they want without paying for that? Right. Also, I- every drink that I've gotten from a cruise ship looks beautiful. Right. With, with fruit and stuff. I've actually had drinks that were in uh, pineapples, carved out pineapples. That were actually complimentary. The fun oh, no, I think cups. You paid, no, you paid one time. You got free refills on them. Pina coladas. Yeah. Fun cups. I thought she was going to go with the, you know, you can't get straws on cruises anymore, to which I was going to have a whole diatribe, but I won't do that. Um, yeah. That's just silly. All right. Let's see. You're, you're next, right? Okay. The, the tours. Expectations. Okay. So the pool failed us. The casino failed us. And even the drinks our, sorry, I need to go back real quick. You can get drinks whenever the heck you want on a ship. You do not have to wait for dinner. No. Okay. No. Anyways. And there's always people walking around asking you if you want a drink. Yes. Like, you could be. Sometimes to a fault. Yes. Like five people walk by asking you if you want a drink. Anyways. Sorry. I just. Okay. Um. Let's see. Our last resort failed us. There's still what to expect. The tours. There's still what to expect. Okay. Tours play a central role in any cruise. Does it? You're not there to spend seven days on a boat, but to see different destinations. No, it's a ship, lady. And enjoy as many experiences as you can in a short period of time. Every day or two, the ship stops at a different port and allows the passengers to go down for a couple of hours, either for an arranged activity <laughs> or some free... <laughs> <laughs> or some free time around and the cruise the port. is this <laughs> the city or the island these trips often include hiking or snorkeling and it's supposed to be magical however once again these tours are not always as incredible as they seem in the advertisement dun 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 the tours reality when you're we're just going to say it tours on a cruise are always disappointing wrong <laughs> stop doing that you're messing me up they promise us magnificent butterfly farms, and all we see are a number of butterflies flying around in a big cage. They promise us wine tasting, and all we get is a glass of grape juice. Okay, she's being so ridiculous now, she can't possibly be for reals. On some cruises, the tours are better than others, but even then, getting to the daily destinations takes out all of the fun. Um, not in Aruba. The passengers are transported from the ship in a coach ride that is almost always crowded and hot. There's never air conditioning in that van. Really? And if you weren't nauseated by the sea travel, this car ride ought to do the trick. I I don't know. I think this is like off the chain ridiculous. Most tours are amazing. Um, Again, do your research. Find the tour that's right for you. Look up reviews. There's That's all what kinds I was of reviews. Say. There's reviews. all kinds of videos that people make of these tours. There's all sorts of information you can find. Uh, talk to people in cruising communities. 
listen to our podcasts about different ideas. There's a lot of amazing You're telling tours. the people listening to our podcast to listen to our podcast? Well, I'm saying, I'm just saying for, <laughs> I know. you know, we're not, we're, we're, I'm, I feel like we're, we're preaching to the choir here, most likely. So, uh, you know, yeah. All right. The age range number two, expectations. We already mentioned that one, but it gets worse. If you're on a cruise with your family or, or friends, it was in the other way, and you're not there to make friends, you shouldn't be too bothered about the age range of the passengers, Right. Wrong. The age range of the cruise can affect your vacation a lot more than you think. No matter if you're on a cruise to have some quality time with the family or to spend your summer break with friends, when you're on vacation, you want to have a quiet time. We can all agree on that. Okay. Okay, so Reality. what's the problem here? And you just said, and you're saying there's all these old people that yeah. are messing it up? In reality, those cruise ships are often packed with either senior citizens or worse, families with young children. This is on the parenting website. (laughs) I'm just going to say that real quick. (laughs) Accordingly, the onboard live shows, activities, and entertainment is fitted for this audience. If you're a fan of the Disney Channel, you're in for a treat. But if you are hoping for some peace and quiet, you're in for a bitter surprise. Prepare yourself for kids running around the deck all day, parents running after them, and worst of all, the entertainment. You can hide from the screaming children, but you can't hide from the live shows. Wow. This is getting more ridiculous as it goes on, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are sometimes kids running around unruly, which is annoying, but there's uh, that would be the only thing I think that would be accurate on this. Yeah, and, and this is the the author writing on the parentinfluence.com website complaining about children and their parents. Way to go. Good yeah. job. Good job. All right, what's the next one? The Tinder, expectations, or water shuttle. I was going to say, not on carnival. on carnival. If you've been on a cruise before, you might know that sometimes when stopping at shore, the ship can't dock at the port, and so passengers are transported to shore in small groups by a smaller boat that's attached to the ship. It's not attached. Anyways, this (laughs) boat is called a tender. In our imagination, if you've never been on a cruise before, this tender would be a small, stylish, and mostly important, and most importantly, private speedboat given to every passenger and you would safely drive yourself to shore in a picture that looks like it was taken from Baywatch. (laughs) Prepare the hat and sunglasses. Wow. I don't want to drive a boat in a place I've never been. No. Thank you very much. Also, do you know how long that would take? Oh, God. All right. The tender reality. In reality, writing the tender looks nothing like Baywatch. Thank God for that. You didn't really think they would provide the passengers with their own speedboats, did you? No. No, I didn't. The tender is a small, clumsy boat, um, which you share with around 50 other passengers, uh, usually more like 150 to 200, depending on where you're at. Of course, the boat ride is short, so it isn't air-conditioned. Except it's usually completely open. And there's lots of wind blowing as you're going through the Caribbean where you're about to spend the day outside. If this is a Caribbean cruise thing, I guess. Uh, And windows are open, but instead of a light breeze in your hair, you get ocean water splashed in your face. Have you ever had ocean water splashed in your face on a tender? Nope, never. Me neither. The tender is always overcrowded, except when it's not. And people aboard 
People board it randomly and hurriedly, so you end up sitting next to strangers. Oh, no! Have you ever rode in public transportation? Um, if you've never been on a tender before, don't get your hopes up. The tender can be a little stressful sometimes, especially if you're getting on one of the first ones. If that's a problem for you, wait, wait a couple hours. It'll be fine. Uh, it shouldn't be that much of a problem for you because... People are generally happy and polite. Sometimes if things are delayed, you might get some grumpy pants. But uh, for the most part, it's a not a bad experience. People are happy to get on the boat because they're excited because they're going to shore to do fun stuff. But it's definitely not what this woman is painting it to be. It keeps, I think the author is, is a woman. Uh, not that that matters. But anyway, that's why I keep saying woman. But anyway, that's it. Yeah, that's that was... It. That became more and more painful as we went through it. It did. It was very painful. And, uh, I, you know, I thought it would be fun to go through it because I, I just I just think that sometimes it's good to get in the head of the enemy. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you got to understand how the other people think uh, to try and figure out why they would think that. I, I don't know why this person would think this stuff. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that that was interesting. That's a word for it. <laughs> well, since we were talking about seeing like dolphins and stuff in Florida, I'm not going to do dolphins because we've already done dolphins. I mean, there's other dolphins. We'll do dolphins someday. But anyway, uh, I thought we would do another animal that you are very, very likely to see on the cruise ship, most likely when you are leaving port in Florida and possibly when you are entering ports in other areas, if you are anywhere around North America. This could be in Alaska. This could be in the Caribbean. It doesn't matter. So this is a bird called the double-crested cormorant. And we see them all the time, don't we? All the time. Very, very, very common. Really cool bird. So basically... There are some things that, that will make this bird stand out. And you'll know if you see it that you are looking at a double-crested cormorant. The first thing is, it is probably, I'd say, a medium-sized bird. A little smaller than some of the big herons and stuff, but bigger than your average, like, you know, quite a bit bigger than your average songbird or crow or anything like that. They are very aquatic. And by that, I mean they will live over open water. And uh, typically, I see them more often over brackish or salt water, but you can find them over freshwater as well. I just tend to see them more commonly in saltwater areas or big lakes as maybe. But anyway, the way you know it's a cormorant is it is that size bird. They are usually all black. The juveniles are maybe a little bit more of a brown color. Um, their beaks are... Kind of an kind of an orangey color, or at least around their face. And usually their beaks look a little bit orange as well, maybe gray. Uh, if you can get a good view of their eyes, it'll be blue. But the thing that really gives this bird away is that they will be sitting there with their wings open. In many cases, you will see them sitting on uh, whatever they're on, whether it be like a, a branch of a tree or maybe like a, a pylon or something. Um, a lot of times they're on the channel markers when you're going out of, say, if you're going out of Tampa or wherever, and they will have their wings spread wide open. Well, wait a minute, Matt. There's another bird that does that too. So how can you tell those two birds apart? There is. There's another bird called the Anhinga, which does that. And um, they have 
similar colors. The the males can be mostly black, although they have a little bit of white edging usually around part of their feathers. The females are a different color. But the the way to tell these two apart is by the, the beak. So the Yanhinga has a pointy beak, and the cormorant has sort of a hooked beak. I think that's a way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, that's hooked, how, yeah. Yeah, hooked beak. But the question is, why and they both have this strange wing behavior like you said so the question is why do they do this why are they standing there spreading their wings out like somebody selling washes in new york street <laughs> or in a new york street or or flashing somebody what what is the purpose of this strange oh, behavior i know okay to dry out their feathers so there are other birds that are aquatic certainly why do cormorants need to dry out their feathers because they're wet. <laughs> Essentially, that's true. So one of the things about cormorants that they can do, and hingas do this as well, but uh, they will dive under the water. Now, diving under the water is no easy task for most birds. They dive under the water to catch fish or whatever else they can grab, but normally fish. And in the process of doing that, they have to be able to kind of make themselves not float. So your average duck, for example, on the water um, floats very, very effectively. And for the most part, ducks can't really swim underwater. There are some exceptions to that. But most ducks, they may bob their heads, you know, butts up in the air. But that's pretty much what they're going to do. And if you look closely at a duck that's just splashed around in the water, you may see little beadlets of water on their feathers. Because most birds especially ones that are aquatic or some somewhat aquatic, have a special oil coating that protects their feathers and acts like that stuff you spray on your windshield so the rain beads up and, and falls off. I don't know what it's called, so I never Rain-X. Rain-X, there you go. Cormorants don't have this oil protection. Now, this is a good thing because it allows them to swim underwater. If they did, they would be like bobbers and they would pop up out of the water. They couldn't do it. They wouldn't be able to do it. You know, pelican has it. They come down, they hit the water fast, they pop right back up, they're instantly dry. Like one of those quick dry shirts you might get or something. The cormorant doesn't have this. So it allows them to swim underwater. The catch is, the payoff is, in order to fly away, they have to dry out their wings because now they're too heavy because their wings have absorbed some of that water and they can't fly very efficiently, if at all. And so they can flap a little bit just to get up on something and then they will dry their wings out in the sun until they're they're close to or completely dry. And then once again, the cormorant can go about its business and fly away. We actually have a video um, from our trip to the Keys that I got of a cormorant that was drying its wings and then I got too close and it flew away and it's really low because it didn't quite get them dry. And that's actually in a video that we have actually edited and put on the YouTube channel. Yes, it is <laughs> out there for you to see. It's um, one of the snorkeling ones from the Keys. Yeah. So so check that out if you're, if you're curious. But there's a good chance that if you are cruising anywhere out of Florida, um, Alaska, uh, probably, I don't know how common they are further up north on the, on the northern coast, or in the like Gulf of Mexico, in the north part of the Gulf of Mexico. But I know they're in that range. So I suspect there's a good chance you'll see them there as well. But definitely you will see them in Florida. Any time of the year you're here, you're going to be able to find cormorants if you're looking for them. And if you see birds sitting on the, the uh, channel markers as you go out on a boat, there is a real good chance 
that those are cormorants. Maybe osprey, maybe a couple other things, but they're but the odds are going to be if it's not a pelican, it's a cormorant, and they're not as big as pelicans. Yeah. So there you go. There's your cruise creature of the week, the double crested cormorants. That was a really good choice. I really like the cormorants. Yeah. Cool. Anything else that you have to add? I think that's it. That was a really long main topic. So hopefully, thank you for those of you that are still listening. Um, I think we had fun. So I hope you guys had fun listening to it. But that's it. That's all I got. All right. On that note, we will head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in after the credits. Look, we're going to get a little bit nerdy here. Talk nerdy to me. We're going to get a little geekified because uh, Kimber and I finally, finally got to play a little D&D last night. It was so much fun. And uh, and so, yeah, so uh, I've played in the past, but she has not. But we've been really excited about it. We've been doing a lot of research. I was thinking about running my own game virtually, which may still happen down the road. But right now we are playing in a game. And um, let's just tell them who our characters are because I think they're kind of fun. Oh, okay. Should I bring my character up then? Should you bring it up? Well, yeah. I mean, you don't get into too much detail. Most people okay. that don't play aren't going to have any idea what the stats and stuff okay. are. But but you That's can just cool. tell, give a little history. Who is she? What, what's she all about? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't care. What do you want? Go first, okay. so I know what I'm competing with. Okay, what you're competing with? It's not a competition. Uh, anyway, I am playing. Um, I am playing a halfling, which, if you're not familiar with the geekiness of Dungeons and Dragons, that is basically the same as a hobbit. So, if you've seen Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, yeah, I'm a hobbit, and uh, my my particular character is a ranger, which is what. Um, Aragorn plays in Lord of the Rings, so I'm kind of a, uh, I, I, you know, I like to shoot things with bows and arrows, and and I'm sort of sort of into nature and tracking things and and this sort of thing. My my particular hobbit, his name is Bigsby Tealeaf, and he is he's comes from a family of tea brewers, so he's he's interested in exploring the world and finding new types of tea that he can uh, taste and maybe mix into recipes and maybe even farm someday for future teas that he could produce. He is he is from an area in the world, this is a fantasy world, so it's not Earth per se, but he is from an area of the world that is very similar to Australia. So he speaks with my Australian accent and um yeah, he's just a he's just kind of a fun loving little hobbit. And he has a boomerang. And he has a boomerang. So he has a bow, he has a couple short swords and uh, and a boomerang. So um which he hasn't used yet, but he will at some point, probably. Yeah, that's my character, Bigsby, Bigsby Tea Leaf. All right. Um, my character is a water genasi druid. So she is an elemental character. So she's very water like. You probably um, just used a bunch of words that didn't make sense to a I lot know. Of that's why I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm going into it. elemental um, water is her element. Um, Genasi is elemental. Water is the type. 
um, druid, which means she connects to nature. Um, she has magic and pulls that magic from the nature uh, around her. Um, her name is Lagoon, um, hence Water Janassi Lagoon. Janassi is like elf, dwarf, hobbit, yes. Janassi. They look kind of human, but they have different colored skin and right? pointy ears and pointy ears so, yeah. yeah so kind of like human elf but colored skin like and she's hair. in hair yeah so she's um she's like teal colored skin with a uh, purpley hair um she is almost hippie like she's a vegetarian she's kind of chill um really connects with the earth um I'm saying um a lot. You I'm really sorry. Um a lot. Yes. <laughs> See, that's why I needed to pull it up so I didn't have to think about what I was saying. Um, yeah. So she she has a quarter staff, and she has four of them. She'll have a whole dollar. That's right. But she only has a quarter staff. What else do I need to say about her? That's probably it. We're, yeah. We're, yeah. So there's two other people playing in the game with us. And uh, and then one person who runs the game, if you're not familiar with the way it works. And so basically, we sort of tell the story together. The The person running the game sort of leads us on the story. He has the story elements. And, but we make decisions, and then we do things, whether it be attacking the monsters or whatever we may do. And uh, we, we can do this with creativity or, in many cases, by the roll of a dice that is related to certain skills that our characters have that that determine whether we succeed or fail or how much we succeed or fail at different tasks so it's it's a lot of fun and uh like i said you you stayed tuned for the geekiness and you just got it so <laughs> there you go i mean i i got to have a, a swimming weight race and i won you did you raced against a an elf with a special armor that helped him swim faster and you cheated but you won I mean, just because I used my magic doesn't. I mean, he had armor that helped that's, him. That, that's valid. Okay, that's valid. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I won <laughs> a large fish tank to go in my home with pretty fish. That or was uh, what was it? A fish tank of holding. Whatever. He's working on a fish tank of holding. Yeah. Thing. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. <laughs> we'll see. All right. I think that's it. All right.